0: What is up everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. It is Monday, meaning new, updated, power rankings coming. Team of the week, and we have some storylines for you. Albert Pujols has officially done it and made history. We're going to talk all about that. Donnie Baseball is out in Miami and in Seattle. What is going on? Are they going to be okay? We got a lot to talk about. This one's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to it.
1: In 10-3. bases are loaded for Verlander, who wakes out a three He swings and it's a
0: high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. Alright, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? As always, I am joined by my friend, Alex Curry, and Alex, yeah. we have to start with the Ugh. history that has been made. I'm wearing the shirt Albert Pujols, welcome home. You're obviously a massive fan. Albert Pujols, 700 home runs. Incredible.
1: How lucky are we that we got to witness this history. I it's inc- he is the fourth player to ever reach 700 home runs and he did it right in our backyard.
0: I'm a big sucker for like appreciating moments when it when it's happening. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of times we see something cool and people like to, like, hate on greatness, you know? No. Well, one, nobody's hating on Albert Pujols no. and nobody's hating on 700 home runs. But I I was just able to, like, understand that when I'm 120 years old one day Ooh. and I'm talking to my great, great, great grandkids, yep. I'm going to be talking about where I was and, and, and how good Albert Pujols was and how he reached 700 home runs and... Just a special, special moment. It took place in Los Angeles, and of course, six ninety nine and seven hundred on the same night. Because but he did that with five
1: ninety nine and six hundred. Did he? He did. That's yeah. Cool. So he's now done it twice. He's actually the only player to hit now six ninety nine and seven hundred in the same yeah. game. But he did it with both milestones. I didn't know did multi home run games That's so with cool. both milestones.
0: He's a machine.
1: He is the machine. He's
0: the machine. The machine. Absolutely. 700 home runs, fourth to ever do it. Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth, and Albert Pujols. Just saying those four names aloud. Like, that's not just this list you can concoct and there's some weird players on it. It's Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, and Albert Pujols. 700 home runs. Albert is the first Latin-born player to ever accomplish the feat. Um, unbelievable. 699, 700 in the same game. I also need to to shout out Alex here because this was a cool moment. Obviously, yeah. for myself, I grew up watching Albert Pujols. He's one of the greatest of all time. I grew up watching him. He hits 700. Alex got to work with and next to Albert Pulhouse. Now, the reason I want to give her a massive shout out here is because this was so cool and I was so jealous. She sends out her congratulatory yeah, tweet about Albert Pulhouse. And who other than Mike Trout quote tweets her tweet. And that was his congratulatory tweet. What was when you saw that pop up? What was your immediate reaction?
1: Just joy. Like I, I miss. <laughs> you know, I was a part of the the team. It felt like I was a part of the team for ten years. Like I, you were. I was. Like both Trout and Pujols. 2012 was my first year with the team, so I I feel like I grew up in baseball and in the broadcast world with them. And it was like, oh yeah, I miss you guys. It was like one of those like I felt like we were enjoying the moment together because we've been through so many incredible moments. Like I can still remember being there in the camera well for 599 and 600 And I was the first person to talk to him live on the field after that happened. And that was one of the most incredible moments. He hit 600 in Grand Slam fashion. Like, everything Albert does yeah. is just incredible. Like, I said this so many times, but this is the greatest farewell tour of all time. He is the machine. He is one of the greatest hitters of our generation. But what made this so special, on top of everything, if it wasn't going to happen in St. Louis at home, I am so happy that it happened in L.A. with the Dodgers because the Dodgers were really the team that gave them that second wind yeah. of life and that love of baseball again. It, it was a mutual kind of split with the Angels towards the end there because once Otani was there, there wasn't that DH role yeah. for him as often. And you could tell he just, it wasn't that same zest for life in the game. Yeah. And so being able to go with the Dodgers kind of re, re-sparked that. For him, and is probably the reason that he is where he is now and able to reach 700. And that organization loves him, the players love him. Clint Kershaw was talking about it last night yeah. how happy he was for him. But then also, Dino Ebel, who was on the Angels coaching staff for years, got to see 500 and 600 with Pujols, is now on the Dodgers coaching staff, and got to be there and witness 700 with him. Yeah. They have such a unique and special relationship. Like it was. It's just magical. Yeah, it's so magical. It was like a Hollywood script, Hollywood it, story. Yeah,
0: there is there is no doubt about it. This is the greatest farewell tour that we have ever seen of all time. And I I wish you, you know I was hoping six ninety nine would come in Los Angeles and seven hundred would come in St Louis. Um, that would have been so cool. But then I tweeted that and was like, it's so cool to even be able to say this one. Yeah. Like he wasn't gonna he wasn't getting there. He wasn't going to make it this year. Like at the all-star break, he was nowhere close. So to even be able to talk about Albert Pujols reaching 700 home runs um, is just awesome. 500 of them coming against righties, 200 of them on the dot coming against lefties. How cool is that? Uh, Jeremy Frank tweeted this. Albert Pujols' average home run trot over the years, it has been tracked by StatCast, is about 26 seconds extrapolated over his full career, Pulholt has spent just over 5 hours of his life just running the bases after hitting a home run. How cool is that? Pulholt also joins Ted Williams as the only players to hit 20 home runs in their first and last season in MLB history. Um Alex as I as I mentioned earlier, yeah. um this is one of those moments that you remember where you were when it mm-hmm. happened. And yep. there's not always a lot of those. I remember where I was. We I doing? was eating pasta <laughs> at the table and yeah. was watching him, you know, 10 feet away from my TV. I could, yeah. I could, I was watching locked in and he hit it. And I stood up so fast that I'm not kidding you. I, I tweeted that I almost, I almost choked to death on this oh, pasta. Now no. it wasn't almost, I did almost yeah, yeah, choke. Yeah. Like I, I stood yeah, yeah, yeah. up so fast that I was. Kind of like one of those, like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Hold up, Ben. Yeah. Remember how to eat. Deep breath. Um, So I was eating pasta when our pool hit number 700. What were you doing?
1: We actually had a barbecue at our house because I wanted to be able to watch it on Apple TV. And we were cooking ribeye out on our Traeger grill. And everyone just stood up. And I knew after he hit 699 that 700 was coming. Yeah. I just had a feeling. I was like, the way that he's holding himself, he's just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because that's what happened with 599 and 600. I was like, he's going to do it again. Yeah, It's going to happen tonight. So, yeah, we all screamed, jumped up and down, barbecuing at home.
0: I I tweeted this when it happened. You actually quote tweeted my tweet with saying where you were. But there were a lot of responses to this that were pretty funny. And I think we have some of them that I can read to. But my tweet said, I hope you all were doing something cool when Albert Pujols hit 700 because that's one of those where were you when moments will remember forever. I was eating pasta and almost choked to death when he hit it. <laughs> that was my tweet. But um, I think we have some of some of the responses to that. And, and you tweeted something as well that was uh, along those same lines. But just some just some funny things came in throughout. Somebody said they were swimming in a swimming pool. Yep. Um, we somebody was there. We had a few people that we were there. We had a there.
1: couple people there right behind Beltre too. We got like a video right of someone Beltre. right behind him, and just you could see like Dodger fans were on their feet in awe excited that freaking was, that's out what that's what why so it was cool. if it wasn't going to happen at home it felt like this was kind of his second home yeah. for it to happen at
0: a big talking point which we talked about earlier in the week yeah what day is it it's monday so yeah. this was last week yep
1: uh, Thursday.
0: catching home run balls yeah and we were talking about pull horses coming and judges coming and how how that's gonna go down and what you would do. Yeah. Because it is a conversation to be had. What would it you is. do? That is this can be life changing money. So uh he hit six ninety nine mm-hmm. and it was given back.
1: Fan gave it back.
0: And he hit seven hundred and the fan
1: got it authenticated. Got it and authenticated. Left in, the ballpark immediately. <sighs>
0: We, we did. We talked about this the other day. Yeah. It is an interesting conversation to be had because I can I I do not blame the guy. I don't know if I would do it. I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I would. I don't know what I would. do. I mean,
1: that ball's going probably million plus. That's the craziest part. But then Albert. I think, said the right thing about it. He said, souvenirs are for the fans. I don't have any problem if they want to keep it. If they want to give it back, that's great. It's just a baseball. They deserve to have it. We play the game for the fans. So I love the fact that he... He, he also made a comment. He's not about the material side of things. It's the yeah. moment. He's the And the moment the was right there things. for the fans. He is saying the right things, but he's hit so many incredible milestones. And he's always said that throughout his career. It's not about his personal accolades. Yes, this is great. And obviously, this is a historic moment, but it's always been about the team and helping the team win and giving back to the fans and what they want. He's, he's always been a, that kind of a person.
0: The fan who caught it. Yeah. Spent less than $30 on his ticket. Ooh and the ball which he is keeping yep is already being valued at between 500,000 and a million dollars and i would say that's on i would say that's being generous didn't something come out about uh Aaron Judge's
1: was somewhere i think maybe a, an auction house had it somewhere around like 1 to 2 million but that's different you got to think it's new york it's the yankees like yeah. there's a different value because it's all value that you're putting yeah. on this memorabilia and Yankee fans just different we've talked about this yeah, and the history so is different he's passing yeah. Roger
0: Maris yes. like that deep history is there Um, but there this is deep history as well and either, and either way you, you want to shape it there you have two different ways to go about this and I don't think either one is wrong yeah um, you can give it back to Albert or you can keep it and change your life forever yeah And I don't know if there's a wrong answer there. I don't know what I would do. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what I would do.
1: We surprised Albert. I think we had the photo up here earlier when we were interviewing him on the field after 600. We had the fan come on the field and actually handed it to him like during the live interview. And Albert was just so grateful. So thankful. I I think he, you know, he hooked him up with some, some other great things. $500,000 to a million dollars. You got to sell that.
0: That's what you got to sell
1: that. It's not safe to also keep in your house. People know who you are and where it is. Like that's you got to target.
0: That's the question I have for you all listening is before, before we move on here is, is think about this. What, what would you do? You have this ball. If you give it back, what do you end up with? You end up with a memory. You end up with a photo with Albert Pujols the night he hits 700 and you end up with a signed jersey, a bat. These things are worth thousands of dollars. You sell that baseball and it, it is a million, let's say a million dollars. And that's not far-fetched a million dollars do with that, whatever you want, but it is, it's an interesting conversation, but, uh, the one we were, we were talking about Aaron judge who his ball could go for That much, if not more, when he finally breaks the record, Mm -hmm. um, he's he's chasing that record and he is he's close. He's getting there. I I've said this a million times. I think he gets there. I'm excited for when it happens, but he's not there yet. And he is having. One of the best Septembers in history, which is remarkable when you think about it, because he's on this he's on this chase. Right, He's been on this chase for the all-time American League and New York Yankees home run record to break Roger Maris's record. And that pressure that can be there is so much. There's so much pressure. And to, to push through that in the midst of the, all these MVP conversations with Shohei and just to put together one of the greatest months offensively of all time This is an all-time season, and he is going to break the record, and I can't wait for that to happen. And you just think about it, and this was meant meant to happen. You knew the pressure wasn't going to get to him for a couple reasons. One, he had $213 million in the palm of his hand before the year started, and he said, no, I believe in myself. Well, that's pressure right there. And then he goes on to do what he's doing this year. And it's, of course, the pressure is not going to get to him. Um, he's he, he bet on himself. He turned down $213 million. So this year has been incredible. Now, I will say, the pressure didn't get to him throughout this stretch. I do think he gets there. But if there's ever a time to to falter, it's right when you're on the doorstep. And every, you, you watch games now. So many people are there. Celebrities have showed up. Family. Roger Maris Jr. is there in attendance. Going
1: to every game and said he isn't talking to him because he doesn't want to add pressure to him. He's feeling he's got to be feeling a little bit right now. I mean, if you're watching all of the broadcasts, every single person's on their feet. Everyone's phone is out. Everyone at home, like we've stopped what we're doing every time he comes to the plate just to be like, is this going to be the moment? Yeah. You have to feel that energy, no matter how great of an athlete you are, no matter how much pressure you can endure. You're going to feel that. It's all the media's talking about. That's all they're focusing on. You're still hitting the ball well, but every time it's not a home run, it's like, oh, man, literally
0: like groans it's in like, the crowd when he hits yes. like an RBI double. It's the, like, oh,
1: Yankee fans <laughs> were cheering for Boston the other night so <laughs> he could so he get, can get another, another at bat. bat. Like, that's how crazy wow. it is. Yeah,
0: that's true. Um, So this this month as last week, he was on pace to have the greatest month in terms of OPS of all time ahead of what Barry Bonds did. Um, But this year he's on pace to become he could he's right on the doorstep. He's at six ninety six slugging percentage, trying to become the first player since Barry Bonds in 2004 to have a slugging percentage of 700 in a single season. He's right there. He's at, uh, war is calculated by a few different ways, but he's at a 9.9 war right now, depending on what outlet you look at. But when all is said and done and you look at the the outlet that's going to be talked about, he's sitting at 9.9 war. So he's 0.1 away from a 10 war season, which I, I think happens. I think he gets there. So I did a little bit of a dive into 10 war seasons because they do not happen often. And I knew that in our very talented Um, research team helped me out here, but entering this season, there have been 58 batters in history that have had 10 war seasons of the 58 that have produced 10 war seasons, 46 of them happened prior to 1970. So only 12 have happened from 1970 to 2022, which is remarkable. There have been just eight such seasons since 2000. Most recently, Mookie Betts did it in 2018 MVP season. So this is this is unprecedented. This is unbelievable what he's doing. Use any adjective you want. Um three of those guys, three of the eight that we were just talking about, only three of them have not won the MVP award. But it has happened where you reach 10 war and you don't win the MVP. Uh Trout, in 2012, Sammy Sosa in 01, and Alex Rodriguez in and um oh, didn't didn't put the year there but Alex Rodriguez one year did it as well
1: but that was Trout up against was a Cabrera and the triple crown 2012 is the yeah, year Miguel Cabrera it, won the crown. triple crown see that's tough that is tough and that's why air like Judge is also flirting with the triple crown which yeah. is crazy on top of everything else what a year yeah
0: what a year it'd be the 14th season of 10 plus war for Yankees and he would be the fourth different Yankee to ever do it Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Lou Gehrig, and if he gets there, Aaron
1: Judge. Like, your name just next to those names. Right. Like, that's it. Like, that's the mind-blowing. You really have to, like, wrap your head around that. It is the best of the best. He is cementing his name in history as one of the Yankee greats. And when
0: you start talking about Yankee history, it just hits a little different. Oh, my gosh. He'd be one of four with Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, and Lou Gehrig. I mean –
1: yeah. I just got chills. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those are all-time greats. Speaking of Yankee all-time greats. Yeah. Some big news with, with one. Big news. Now, this guy, is a, he's an all-time Yankee great. Don Mattingly. Donnie Baseball. Different news for him. He is out in Miami. Um, after being manager there for a good bit of time. 2016, he took over. He's out. 2022 now, so from 2016 to 2022, he went 437 and 583. It's not going to cut it. That is not going to cut it. Don Mattingly out. Mutual parting of ways, if you will. He, who knows when they say that? They every mutual. There's a lot of respect There's on both respect. sides.
1: That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they just say it's a mutual. We, we understood the assignment here. We needed to go in a different direction. Don Mattingly said it was time for a new voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I think it was. I think it is. This organization, the Marlins, have a very bright future. This pitching staff that they have assembled is going to be one of the best pitching staffs in baseball over the course of the next five years at minimum. They're young. They're really good. They're exciting. So this is an exciting job opening, I think. So what's next for Don Mattingly? I don't know. But I do know the future in Miami has the potential to be bright. Now, we've seen another Yankee great, Derek Jeter, who was GM there, step aside. Mm -hmm. And he said he didn't come out and say, but there didn't seem to be enough dedication to winning around there for his liking. He didn't say it directly, but that's that's the belief. So, yeah, manager's out. But are they really going to commit the dollars that it takes to compete? And then you look at the division they're competing in, in the NL East, it gets even more difficult. But big job opening this offseason. Don Mattingly is out in Miami. Um, But not the only potential job opening there's, yeah. there's a lot of things there, going on in the manager world
1: there was a lot of announcements this week a, a lot of announcements Tony La Russa is going to be out for the rest of the season with the White Sox I, I think we all kind of knew this was coming because yeah. it was health issues and the team came out with a statement saying he is just focusing on his health now he does have another year on his contract but they're going to wait till the end of the season to figure out what That's they're going to do the
0: interesting with
1: one. yeah with with next year now remember He's 77 years old. He's pushing 80. He, he's not a young guy.
0: Yeah, I think so, most people remember that. He doesn't look too spry. Even no. when you see him in the and they're dugout. Keep,
1: they're, they're keeping, you know, the, the medical, they, they're saying they want to keep that. Close yeah, so home. it hasn't
0: come out. It, nobody I've knows. I've read
1: reports that it might be something with his pacemaker, something with his heart, but yeah, nothing has right. officially okay. been announced. They want to keep it private. So, again, that's something serious that you can't really mess with. You yeah. do have to put your health first. You have to stay calm. But here's the the more interesting question. Which manager's spot do you think is more appealing next oh. season if they're both open? Is it going to be the Marlins or is it going to be the White Sox?
0: Uh This is – so I come. I I look at this from a couple different angles. You look at the Marlins, and they are set up for the future. Yeah. And then you look at the White Sox, who are set up to win right now, which is why this season was so disappointing, is they're not winning and they're not going to make the playoffs as a a team that is far too talented to not make the playoffs. So my (laughs) – I would go White Sox just because they are so talented and ready to win now. And a big reason I say that is something I touched on a few minutes ago is I don't know if this front office in Miami is completely committed, um, committed to doing what it takes to win. You look what was there just a few years ago. This is in recent memory. This Marlins team had Giancarlo Stanton Christian Yelich, Zach Gallen, who's now a star out in in Arizona. Um, They've just let so many guys go, and you just hope they're committed. And I don't have the answer to that. So if I have to answer what team do I want to manage, I'm going to say the White Sox because they're ready to win right now and clearly committed to it. They're committed to winning. It's just not happening. Now, whether Tony La Russa was a reason for that, we can have a, another hour long discussion on which we, we won't do today. But I, I think he was a big part of it. And I think, you know, the team has been outspoken about it. I, I would take the White Sox managerial job specifically because I think I could take it over and I could take them to a World
1: Series. But what about the Marlins having one of the best pitching staffs? We've talked about yeah. that before. Pitching end of the day is what you need to get to the postseason and to win games and if you just find someone who's willing i guess front office has to be willing as you said right to put the money forward and figure out ways to win there's potential
0: that's that's why i want i want people to understand how exciting this job opening is in miami now i i i would take the white Sox because that one is it's ready you take it over you're it's like you're you're going to start driving a a Lamborghini. You know, I'm getting the keys to a Lamborghini. You get you get the Marlins and you're getting the keys to. Let's see here. Maybe like something, something that you could really upgrade. You know, it's not ready yet. You get the keys and it's it's a it's a Ferrari, but one that's broken down and dilapidated and it needs some work. But it can be brought back to a, a Ferrari. Fixer-upper. You know, it's a fixer upper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is what makes this this. Marlon's job exciting is you are taking over a pitching rotation that has the potential to be the best in the league for a long time to come. So uh, great job opening there and hope all is well with Tony LaRussa and that he is OK. And the decision for next year comes down to what direction do we want to take the team? And it's not a health related reason for having to do it. Um, but two exciting ones.
1: Very exciting. Very exciting.
0: Um, you know who's exciting?
1: Oh, J-Rod.
0: The J Rod Show. Normally, when we talk about Julio Rodriguez, I like to wear my J Rod shirt, but I think Pujols deserved it.
1: Too. Oh, he definitely yeah. deserves it. And yeah. this isn't the best J Rod news. Not
0: the best news.
1: This is probably the worst news that could happen for the Marlins right now. He got put a Seattle. Yeah, they got put on ten day IL this yeah. weekend, like right down the stretch, right when you're trying to focus to get in
0: for the first time. In over 20 years, you're trying to focus to get in. And it seems like all is well and good. And then they're not playing good baseball. And then Julio gets hurt. And then he comes back for one at bat. And you're like, all right, we're fine. Take a breath. He gets a hit. And then he comes out of the game. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, God, that's not good. And then he hits the IL. Yep. So he is now Julio Rodriguez, one of the best rookies of all time. I think that's fair to say. He's doing things that have never been done before. One of the best rookie seasons you can have and one of the best rookie seasons in history, he is now out for the remainder of the regular season. I think technically he could come off the IL with like a day left. Like for the remainder of the regular season, Julio's out and that's not good.
1: That's also assuming he's going to feel okay after 10 days because with these kind of, injuries you have no idea how long it's going to take especially if he's feeling it when he's swinging the bat he's moving around like it worst case scenario is like what is happening right now in Seattle they were looking great in the wild card hunt this was exactly where he needed to shine he he was kind of that spark yeah and right now they have they have the easiest remaining schedule I, i no team is on, uh, over 500 that they're yeah. playing moving forward. But after seeing that loss this weekend, I mean, that was brutal. They gave it was up. Bad. Yeah, how many runs did they give up in the inning?
0: It's one of it's one of the worst franchise losses in history. Eleven. They gave up eleven runs in one inning after scoring eight runs in an inning. So you think they okay, can't do that. G- you can't do they that. You can't do against that against the Royals. No offense, producer Bartlett, who's a Royals <laughs> fan, but you can't be doing <laughs> can't that in do September. That. But so there is there is worry. There is cause for some big concern. Yeah. But let's take a look at their remaining schedule here, as you briefly mentioned. Um, they have the Rangers, the A's and the Detroit Tigers all teams well under 500. I mean, well under 500. These teams are not good. So if I'm a Mariners fan, I'm not feeling good, but as a just a, as an onlooker, I think they can breathe. I think they'll be okay. But I don't, I, I, they're playing so, you can't do what they did on Sunday, giving up 11 runs in one inning. Now Julio is out, who leads the team in runs, hits, stolen bases, batting average, on base percentage, slugging, OPS, OPS plus total bases. That's your guy.
1: Yeah, no, he this, is the
0: team. This team is built around pitching offensively. Julio Rodriguez is your offense. Yeah. And now you're missing him. So what do they do? I don't know. They need to figure it out, but there is worry for concern there in Seattle with Julio Rodriguez being out. So they've been a fixture on my power rankings all year now, basically. Once they got there, they stayed there, but they didn't have a great week. So the question becomes now, where are they going to be in this week's top 10 Major League Baseball Power Rankings? All right, so let's get to it for this week's top 10 Major League Baseball Power Rankings. We're going to start at number 10 with the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays got to the position that they needed to be. They were good. They were sitting in pretty position and then they just haven't they haven't been playing great of late. They're 84 and 69. Since August 12th though, the Rays have posted the third best win percentage in the American League, which is why they are in the position they are. But they're hanging on by a thread in my top 10. Let's move on to number 9 and this is where they are. The team I was just talking about, the Seattle Mariners, they have dropped down a bit to number nine because boy, am I worried about what they are doing. Julio Rodriguez is out. That is not good. He is their entire offense. He leads the team in the majority of offensive stats. He comes back for one at bat. He comes out of the game. He gets put on the IL, which is going to take him pretty much through the remainder of the regular season. And when he's your offense, that's not good. Now, this pitching staff is really good. They are capable of putting them in position to win every game they take the field for. Their remaining schedule is super easy. Rangers, A's, Tigers. So that lo- that looks good for them. There is There is reason for hope. There is also reason for concern. And that concern is that they have just been playing awful of late. They gave up 11 runs in an inning on Sunday after scoring eight runs the prior inning. You just can't be doing that against the Royals in September with the playoffs on the line for the first time in over twenty years. You can't be doing that. Let's move on to number eight. At number eight, I have the the Toronto Blue Jays, eighty six and sixty seven, holding on to a wild card spot. Look, they rake. They rake. There's no doubt about that. Uh, We all know the concerns that I have. They're they're pitching. I was very disappointed in their trade deadline, not going out and adding what I thought they needed to add if they were serious about winning a World Series. But um, they're in a good position to make the playoffs. They're going to have to rake their way through the playoffs. Uh, Their team batting average is 261, best in baseball, only team above 260. So Blue Jays come in at number eight, and they are built around their offense. Let's move on to number seven. At number seven, I have the Cleveland Guardians. This is the highest they have been all year long. They have clinched the division title as of Sunday. They just, it feels like a week ago, this was still a discussion of can they hold on? Can they do this? Then they run into that series with the Chicago White Sox. They sweep them out of town, put themselves in a great position to win the division, and then they do it just an unbelievable winning streak that they've gone on to put themselves in this position it is time to put some respect on the Cleveland Guardians name 86 and 67 they went on a wild winning streak to get to where they are and they deserve this and when you think okay well they're going to be the three seed in the American League because they're you know they were just the third division winner but the wild card teams are better. I'm not so sure about that right now. This Guardians team is the real deal. It might be full of a bunch of not superstars that you know about other than Jose Ramirez. This team's the real deal, and they're here at number seven for the first time this year. Let's move on to number six. At number six, I have the St. Louis Cardinals, 89 and 64. Since July 25th, the Cardinals win percentage of 679 is the second best in the league. So over the course of a few months, This is why they are where they are, which I feel comfortable saying is en route to a division title. Um, But they haven't been playing great over the past week. They slide down just a notch here to number six, but they're going to get into the playoffs. They're going to be good. Albert Pujols, what they have going on there with Pujols and Yachty and Wainwright and then Goldschmidt and Arenado. It just feels like there's something special going on and you can never put a finger on it. I'm not going to put them at number three because there's something special going on. All I will say is when there's something special going on with a team, when they get into the playoffs, watch out because you never know what could happen. But they are here at number six. Let's move on to number five. I have the New York Yankees. They are back in the top five, 93, 58. They have been playing good baseball again. They went through that awful stretch. They are out of that awful stretch. They're in a they're, they're going to win. They've, the AL East is theirs. The one or two seed is theirs. They're going to be the two seed. They'll get that bye. This is the Yankees that we remember from earlier in the year. They are back. They are fine. They will have a bye in the first round. They will be the two seed. Aaron Judge will break the record. All is good in Yankee land again after they were on one of the worst stretches in the worst 50-game stretch in over 30 years. They're out of that. Let's move on to number four. At number four, the Atlanta Braves. The NL East is one for the ages. This battle is going to be incredible. 94-58. and I am worried about Spencer Strider going down and being on the IL. That is a big concern. He has been a big reason they are here. But they're still just a couple. They're right behind the Mets. The Mets are really good. The Braves are really good. They're both going to get into the postseason. Watch out for them when they do. But this leads me well into number three which is the New York Mets, that team that they have been chasing all year long. There was one day, I think, where they were not chasing. One night, the Braves were the leader in the NL East. Other than that, they were behind double-digit games. The Braves have cut the lead down to half a game at one point, took the lead. But for the majority of the year, it's been the New York Mets division. And I do believe that the Mets can win the division. They have a favorable schedule with a a series mixed in with the Atlanta Braves that is just going to be such an awesome series. That's going to be so much fun to watch, but the Mets are the real deal. You don't want to face them in the playoffs. People will be picking them to win the World Series because of the pitching you have to run into. The Mets are real. They're here at number three. Let's move on to number two, the Houston Astros the top team in the American League, the first American League team to 100 wins, the second team in baseball to 100 wins. They continue to slide under the radar. Best pitching, I I believe the Houston Astros from starter number one to the back end of the bullpen have the best pitching in baseball. You look at it, great team team ERA, best bullpen ERA in all of baseball by a good bit. They have no they have no pitching concerns when when it comes to the top to bottom. They're deep in the rotation, they have a good bullpen, a great bullpen, and their offense, well they've been in October a good bit. When when the calendar turns October, they know they know how to play some baseball. So they're here at number 2, which leaves to no surprise my number 1 team in this week's power rankings, the Los Angeles Dodgers, 105 and 47. One of the best seasons record-wise of all time. Now, can they get to the all-time record? No, that is now out of reach. But they can get, they can, they can inch up the all-time history in terms of most wins in a single season. And they're they're already getting there. So this year for the Dodgers is remarkable. Um, one of the best moves I think they could have made is Craig Kimbrell is no longer the closer for the Dodgers, which was a massive concern come October. The pitching for me is a bit of a concern in October and leading up to a ninth inning with Craig Kimbrell did it no justice but the decision has been made to move him out of that closer role you'll still have to pitch him in some high leverage situations but it will not be the ninth inning and that's a good move for them so the Dodgers are here at number one and this week they round out again my updated top 10 major league baseball power rankings all right, and now it's time to see who was the best in the league this week. Let's head on over to the board for this week's team of the week, where I go position by position, every single spot, and see who was the best in baseball at each spot from throughout the week. Let's start at the catcher position. At catcher, J.T. Realmuto led all of baseball, uh, all of catchers in total bases, 435 on the week, three home runs, an OPS of third. 30- 18-28, which was best for catchers by far. The dude was tearing it up. The Phillies need it. The Phillies need that offense. Bryce Harper has been struggling. J.T. Realmuto has been picking up the slack there. Let's move on over to first base. Josh Naylor of the Cleveland Guardians. He has been nails. <laughs> Get it? Okay. He's been great. 320 on the week. Two home runs. Seven RBIs. A big part of this Guardians win streak, and the reason that they have wrapped up the AL Central is him. Good week for him. Let's move on to second base. At second base, I have Colton Wong of the Milwaukee Brewers. 329, four home runs, nine RBIs. What a week for the second baseman there for the Brewers. Let's move on. Third base. At third base, Manny Machado, who I feel like has been on here a ton this year, and he has because he's really good. 333 on the week, two home runs, slugged 667 on the week. Padres are playing better. Watch out. Let's move on to shortstop. At shortstop, Willie Adamas, my friend Willie Adamas, teammate of mine for a couple of years with the Tigers organization, 345 on the week, 10 hits, a home run. Look, we got a a Brewers middle infield here. Colton Wong, Willie Adamas, good weeks for them. Let's head out to the outfield. Three outfielders. Regardless of their specific position. So if you're like, no, he actually plays left field, not center, it doesn't matter. Just three outfielders. Let's start with our first outfielder, Juan Soto. Padres are playing better. Juan Soto's on this team. Not a coincidence. 409 on the week, two home runs, an OPS of 1337. This is why the Padres got him. Not to walk. He's been doing that, and he's really good at it. And he gets on base which is great, but they need him for his offensive production and driving runs in, hitting the ball out of the yard, hitting for a high OPS. He did all of that this week, and he is on my team of the week. Let's move on. Next outfielder this week, Aaron Judge. Again, he's on here pretty much every single week for good reason. 364, three more home runs, an OPS of 1426. What a year what more needs to be said about aaron judge this is an unbelievable season and uh he is having one of the best offensive seasons of all time let's move on last outfielder for my team of the week another new york yankee oswaldo cabrera this kid is an absolute stud 350 on the week three home runs nine rbis the yankees needed him he is just a breath of fresh air for that team Young plays the game hard, and the offensive production this week was really, really good. He rounds out my outfield. Let's move on. Designated hitter for my team of the week, Albert Pujols. What a historical week. Two home runs. We all know about those two home runs. It happened in the same game. It happened in back-to-back at-bats. 699 home runs. 700 home runs in the same game. Congratulations to Albert Pujols. 318 on the week as well with five RBIs. He is my designated hitter. Let's move on to my pitchers. We'll start with my starting pitcher on Team of the Week, Sandy Alcantara, 2-0. 17 innings, 18 strikeouts, two earned runs. 17 innings in one week. Think about that. That means it lined up well that he got two starts And he had nine innings one game and eight innings in the other. Remarkable. Sandy Alcantara is an absolute workhorse. And he was again this week as well. Let's move on to my last spot, my closer for team of the week. That is Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen, three innings pitched, three saves. Pretty easy there. That's perfection. Not a single earned run, two hits given up, four strikeouts. And Kenley Jansen is my closer for my Team of the Week. But, as usual, we don't stop there. It is now time for the Flippin' Bats Player of the Week. Let's bring back out Alex, because for the first time in our storied history- Long history. On the show, we have the same Player of the Week. Can we get a drum roll, please? It is... Albert Pujols. Take it be. away.
1: It has to be. You cannot pick anyone other than the Machine this week. After watching what he did, after watching this history, hitting 700 career home runs in Hollywood with the team, the Cardinals that created the Machine. He it ca- was. He came home. He came home and he hit a bunch of homers. <laughs> he hit homers. It, it was great. Like it, that was. It was magical. We it, talked about it at the top. It of the was. Show. It was magical. And
0: look. These are his numbers this week, which were great, by the way. 318, two home runs, five RBIs. He hit career home run number 700. That's why this was the easiest decision. A great week, but it's about more than that. It's about the moment. It's about 700 home runs. Um, I got emotional watching it. I grew up watching him. I, I grew up idolizing him, wanting to be the machine. And to see him hit 700 home runs in Los Angeles in front of so many people that care about him. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, this could have been, if he did it at home, that's the one thing that we were missing was him doing it in St. Louis. But if there was anywhere else for him to do it, Dodger Stadium is a good spot because you could feel the love there. Shout out to Dodgers fans, mm-hmm. Dodger Stadium for the way they handled that moment because this is a moment that will live on forever and you will forever see the videos and forever see the call of it. and to see how they reacted, to see how special Dodgers fans, Dodgers Stadium, Dodgers players, the manager, Dave Roberts, they all made the moment so special. I felt it at home when I was watching it. It was emotional for me and uh, clearly for Alex as well because we both have him for this week's Flipping Bats Player of the Week. That pretty much does it here, but one final extra inning segment for you. You all have seen... The picture. Many of you have seen. I posted a picture twice now, in two weeks in a row, of myself and Shohei Otani standing together posing for a photo. There it is. We have it posted now if you are watching. But a big announcement is coming very, very soon. It is coming on Tuesday. You can expect the announcement that I have been teasing for a little while, but Um, I am very, very excited. Everybody be on the lookout for that. I will be posting it. It is really cool. So that is coming soon. And yes, as you can imagine from the picture, it has to do with Shohei Otani. So look out for that Tuesday. But that does it for this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. Thank you all for listening to myself and Alex, who crushed it as always. This one has been a blast. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you're listening to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, google and follow along on all social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok and you can watch every single episode as well at flippin bats pod on youtube or anywhere thank you all for listening this one has been a blast we will see you tomorrow for another episode of flippin bats